Shalom, and welcome to A Voice Calling in the Wilderness. And I want to thank you very much for joining us today. Today we have a different type of opening, and I've asked my friend Sean, a friend of our show, to give us our opening today. This year we've seen crisis after crisis, from the war in Ukraine to inflation to record-breaking gas prices to the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the left driving the cancel culture narrative that's extended not just to conservatives, but to Christians as well. We started this podcast with the intent to shine light on the truth that often isn't being spoken about by anyone, including Christians, and to explore what the Bible tells us about the things that we see and experience and how we are to engage in the spiritual warfare that is behind all the terrible things that we're surrounded by. This year, we started out strong with a voice calling in the wilderness, being hosted on a new platform, a new website, moving our weekly episodes to Monday mornings. However, along the way, we've been riddled with a struggle to find guests that are either willing or have the time to join us for these discussions. Even our regular crew that started out talking about current events has been sporadically available at best. This has resulted in missing podcasts weekly. And as you've probably noticed, we haven't posted an episode in a couple of weeks now. So we wanted to apologize for our lack of consistency. We have a few changes that we hope will not only honor your time and your expectations, but will also improve the content of our show. We want to bring you quality over quantity. And this is the primary reason for our first change. We will be releasing episodes bi-weekly now for the foreseeable future. This might mean that when it comes to discussing anything currently happening, we could be a little bit behind, or we could miss something altogether, considering that lately there seems to be a new crisis every single week. We have no intention of skipping topics that are fundamental to biblical morality, such as abortion. We just might not be able to cover every currently currently relevant topic because there are some discussions that we've planned that we believe are far more important to Christian living and kingdom building than what might be the current subject that everyone's talking about in the moment. So this brings us to our next change. We will be taking more time to plan our topics and our discussions. We understand that at times our discussions can go down a rabbit trail that might detract from the main point. We like that our show is predominantly natural conversation but we also recognize the need to direct that conversation for intentionally, intentionality, and we will endeavor to do just that. We want our discussions to be clearly understandable and for you to feel informed, empowered, and equipped to live your life as a biblical Christian should when engaging that topic in your own life. So this leads us to our final change. We will be offering action steps that believers can take to help build the kingdom of Jesus Christ even in the face of the dangers, the lies, and the enemies that we shine light on through our episodes. Bible-believing Christians, sorry, Bible-believing Christ followers are the church. And Jesus said in Matthew 18 that the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Christians are to be bold and unwavering in our faith, and we should not remain silent or do nothing when we see darkness consuming the world around us, We want to be here to help you not only to see, but know of the things that you can do as a believer to expose the darkness and to redeem the lost. We're grateful for those of you who have listened to us, and we hope to do better at what the purpose of a voice calling in the wilderness is all about. Please keep us in your prayers to keep us before the Lord and following his direction for this show. 
Please also ask the Lord that if maybe he is calling you to pray against the spiritual forces that come against those who are part of this show so that we can overcome and be victorious through Christ who strengthens us. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sean, for uh, reading that. And uh, I I appreciate uh, your input on the show. And for those of you that uh, haven't heard Sean before, Sean is, is an incredible man that is really good at the next steps. He's a, got a solid foundation in the Word, and he, he is an application master, if you ask me. And so um, we really appreciate having him join our team for that purpose, even if it's only occasionally. And again, I, and I would emphasize, if you would please pray for all the folks that come on the show, because there's a lot of spiritual warfare that's going on in in their lives, and, and uh, we could all use prayer and support from time to time, for sure. So, as we have, as uh, Sean alluded to, we're going to speak on the Roe versus Wade decision by the Supreme Court. I think I'd like to uh, take this in a couple different directions, um, because this, there's so much misinformation surrounding Roe versus Wade decision what it did, what it didn't do, what it meant, what it, you know, what what's going to happen next. And it seems like we have a narrative by uh, a very loud, I believe, minority in this nation uh, that uh, women's rights were taken away, that you know, constitutional rights were stolen from women, and that couldn't be farther from the truth. So let's start with the basics. Uh, Roe versus Wade is is a court decision that was handed down about 50 years ago, and it said that it, it put some limitations on abortion, quite honestly, and, and the whole purpose behind the court decision by the Supreme Court was really a—there was a lot of honorable thought put into it. Right. It, it didn't necessarily have the outcome that was good for the people and for the nation— but you have to go back and understand what was happening back in the 60s for you to understand how we got to that point. And, and quite honestly, there was abortions happening all across this nation prior to Roe versus Wade, and many of them were happening by nefarious doctors and under very dangerous circumstances. Um, I mean, there's horror stories. You can go and research this, but... You know, abortions being performed with coat hangers and in in the back of a van in a dark alley. And, you know, doctors had lost their license to practice were doing it and taking cash. And, and women were dying. I mean, that's just the truth. There were women that were dying that were having abortions. And it was just a horrible situation. So at that time, the, this court decision came down, and I believe— or maybe I just want to believe, but I believe that the intent behind it was to make things safer. I would say that that's probably a part of of what was um, projected, you know, or what was represented. There, there is some language in the original um, brief opinion, mm-hmm. yeah, that that would allude to that. But one thing it did never do. Is it never created a constitutional right? No, because uh, 
The Supreme Court does not have that power. Right. But we hear a lot in the media right now and from the talking heads about constitutional rights were taken away. Right. None of that has occurred. Yeah. What what has occurred is that this current Supreme Court reviewed the case and determined that the, that the court decision at that time overstepped its bounds. Right. That it it that it inadvertently overrode the supremacy clause of the Constitution. And what they have determined was is that this is a topic that should be on the shoulders of the state right. and not the nation. The federal government doesn't have the authority to impose this decision on a state. Right. And so they looked at the Constitution and the Supremacy Clause and the Tenth Amendment and said this is a state right issue. Right. And what I think a lot of people don't understand as well is that this was not just the Supreme Court overturning a law or a, a ruling that had happened before. This was the result of another case was in front of them that was a matter of states' rights. And in order to rule correctly on that case, they had to revisit why the states didn't have that right, which led them back to Roe v. Wade and right. where the error had actually happened, according to the law. Yeah, and, and Mississippi correctly claimed that the Supreme Court previously had taken violated their Tenth Amendment right. Right. And so they were forced to go back and look at the court decision through the lens of the Tenth Amendment. And when they did so, they found that the Supreme Court made a national decision that that subjugated the state to a federal ruling that was not correct for an or in alignment to the Tenth Amendment. And so therefore they were they determined that they would make that right by allowing the state to make that decision. <clears throat> Conversely, a lot of people are, are, are saying that they, it's now illegal to get an abortion in America, that women can no longer get an abortion. This is also not true. Uh, it didn't make it illegal at all. No, I, uh, what they're referencing is that um, in some states that had, um, there were, there's what, two or three states that had Trigger preemptively... Off. Um, made ban like full ban on abortion, and because Roe v. Wade was overturned, they automatically became fully ratified. But that's also somewhat a, a misnomer. No state has completely outlawed abortion, and no state will. There are still provisions for medically necessary abortion. Right, right. There are still provisions for abortions that are going to save the life of the mother. That the 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 act of the birth itself would would kill the child right i mean there are in no state have those those things been taken away right right and in all cases and even in this most uh, strictest sense of the word abortion law states there are means for people to petition for abortion for for notable reason let's say Incest, rape, you still can get those abortions. But what it has done is there has been years worth 
of abortions that were performed, what what many and, and I think myself included would call convenience abortions, um, rather than uh, you know giving a child up for adoption or you know they they there's no preclusion of of a crime or anything, but I just don't want the child. Right, and that's what we hear a lot of. Um, what the the left is screaming about is they don't have that right anymore. Whereas they felt like it was a right before because Roe v. Wade allowed or, or basically forced states to have to allow. Um, but I want to also address that um, part of the language of the Roe v. Wade decision originally um, centered around viability. And that's why in 92, when there was mm-hmm. the second, I can't remember the name of the case, but there was a case brought before the Supreme Court in 92, um, and that actually updated the, the, the timeline for viability. So, um, and when Roe v. Wade was decided, our medical technology um, was not as advanced as, as it is now, and babies were not um, able to survive out of the womb um, as young as they were, you know, are now. And in 92, things changed. So they updated that viability timeline and all the Mississippi law was doing this time was updating that timeline again. Uh, yeah, the 92 decision was Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Um, and so, uh, we now know that a baby can survive outside the womb after 15 weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, it is, it is medically, um, possible now um you know so it wasn't a matter of christians who believe that life starts um at conception which we do uh it was a matter of actual medical law that was that triggered this conversation and then the the current supreme court then addressed that it was violating states rights um which is why it was overturned right so this actually there, there's so many issues that are, are entangled into this topic. Um, women's health is definitely an issue that's entangled in this topic. I don't believe I know anyone that is against supporting true women's health and the safety of both a woman and a child. Right. I, I don't think that I know anybody that wants all abortion ban, no matter if it's going to kill the mother or not. No, I think that um, there are a few cases where um, it is it is morally justifiable. Um, you know, if if a, if the mother is going to die and the baby's going to die, save the mother, right? Don't let them both die. That that doesn't make any sense. Um, and even if that, even if one could live and the other doesn't, I think that there's still the right to choose that, make that choice as well. And I think that should be that mother willing to sacrifice her life or not. That is what I would hope, you know, that that to me is unconditional love. Right. You know, laying your life down for But another. even even then, I mean, I'm not going to condemn somebody for, for not wanting to die. Right. right. I mean, but again, health reasons, I absolutely agree that that needs to be consideration. And then I don't know anybody that doesn't believe that, quite honestly. Um, I do believe, though, that we've, we've it turned into a form of birth control. Yes. You know, I can go live the life I want to live and be as promiscuous as I want. And if I get pregnant, it's $300 to fix it. Right. And in a lot of states, it was free. Right. 
So I, th I think we have to get away from a culture of irresponsibility. And, and I think that's one of the things that will, this, there are states that want people to be responsible. And this comes down to the national government saying, no, you have to let people just do whatever they want. And, and that's sort of where we've been for 50 years, right? Right. And now the states want to tighten the control to the point of creating responsible part people within their society. Right. We all should want that because a more responsible society allows us all to live in peace, allows us to all live in a, in a society that we aren't worried about how somebody's going to react or if they're going to exact violence on us because we're all being more responsible. And that that's, should be the goal for all of us is to live in a responsible society. Yeah. You know, and, and so... That I'm, is I, what civilized society actually looks like. <laughs> right. No, it isn't just a free-for-all, do what you want. I mean, we don't grow up one day and just get to live in permanent recess. I mean, that's what they call anarchy. And anarchy is always a, a method a period of time that gets you to something like communism or totalitarianism. It's it's always a transition period. Right. It's never a a viable long-term solution. Right. And this has not been, you know, it, it wasn't an overnight thing that happened. This has been, I believe, I, I truly believe this has been the result of many years of prayer. Um, it, I mean... <laughs> You saw, I've seen over my lifetime, this has been a very contentious and, and ugly, heated argument amongst people. We, we saw people go about a, attempting to make change in, in very wrong ways, right? I mean, we've, we've had people that uh, uh, targeted and assassinated abortion doctors. Right. We've had abortion clinics that were bombed and burned. None of those are the way to do change. No. We, I don't condone that. I don't know anybody that I know that would condone that type of behavior. Uh, I've known a lot of people that have gone out and, and protest. I hate the word protest anymore. They've picketed and stood on the street corner and ra lifted up signs and, and you know, gave their opinion on this topic. And, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. I think that's what a civilized society does is they stand and they let people know this is the type of society that we want to live in. Right. And that's exactly what we want people to do. There's a there's a civil way to do it, and then there's a non-civil way to do things. And as ugly as we saw people be, and I want to say it was in the 80s that I remember some abortion doctors were assassinated and, um, and clinics were firebombed or something. I remember a few of those things happening. I was younger then. <laughs> but it's not a good thing. Right. But as soon as we saw this decision, even before the decision officially came out, we saw um, there was a leaked copy of the the draft, right? Right. That come out, and immediately we saw violence from the supporters of abortion. We saw Christian uh, clinics that provided actual care for mothers and children. That provided adoption services. Right. They were firebombed. Yeah. They had blood thrown on the wall. They had threats placed against their, their lives. Right. And there's no no more right than what happened to the abortion clinics. No. 
So that is not condonable behavior. And then the, the justices of the Supreme Court were threatened. Their homes were picketed. That's not civil discourse. See what That's I, intimidation. What, what I think is the most egregious part of it all isn't so much that it, those things happened, which I think is terrible um, and, and shouldn't happen. You know, there should be a, a, a more rational mindset behind how you protest. Uh, but what's more egregious than that is all the people who remain silent, all the political leaders who called for it, um, or just didn't say much about it, or, you know, they didn't condemn it, they didn't take action to stop it, uh, you know, and there is actual law in the books that protect justices. Um, you're not allowed to protest outside of their homes, yet they did not enforce those laws. Um, well, and, they encouraged it, actually. Yeah, no, there were many that actually openly called for violence. The hypocrisy of the moment was some of the same... People that work for our legislature are holding hearings for January 6th and are condemning our former President Trump of, of causing the violence on January 6th, which really wasn't any violence. But these same people that are condemning him for that were encouraging people to do that with our justices. Well, when, it... when Chuck Schumer... So call Brett Kavanaugh out and said that you will reap the reward of this decision. I mean, that is a blatant call for violence against yes. a Supreme Court justice. Well, uh, one thing that, you know, it, it's pretty pretty easy in the last several, uh, like five or six years. If you want to know what the the left is doing, just listen to what they're accusing the right of, because in almost every situation, they are doing this, that very thing, and they're accusing the right of doing it. This is true, but we won't touch that because <laughs> that's another one of those rabbit holes. Yes. <laughs> and Sean's watching. He's not going to say those words and then let us get away with a rabbit hole. <laughs> not today. I was thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're... The thing is, is we have to recognize, though, that this is this was God at work. Yes. As believers, we have to understand that I know personally for decades there have been a lot of people that pray every single day that Roe versus Wade would be overturned. And I know as believers, sometimes we get very anxious about how, when and how God moves. And if he doesn't move in the first couple of times that we pray, then we give up and think, oh, he's just not going to do it, right? It must not be God's will. But God, his timeline is not our timeline. Well, that and uh, we can't necessarily see what happens in the spiritual realm. This was the lesson that Christ gave with the mustard seed, you know, when, and when he cursed the tree and, you know, the next day they walked by it and it had withered up and died and they were amazed. And he was like, if you only understood what happened. You had the faith of a mustard seed because he cursed it in the spiritual realm. It was dead. Mm -hmm. It took time for it to manifest into how what we perceive is our reality right, right. now. But I know that there there have been so many prayers lifted up, and I know our our own prayer group we have prayed very deeply and very passionately for the Supreme Court to 
to overturn Roe versus Wade and to end sacrificial uh, murder of children. And that's what I call it. I think there was so many child sacrifices that were performed through this. And, and I think it's a very heavy curse that was on our nation because of it. And I think that there are times when God does things that he makes his presence known that we could sit back easily and say, well, this was Justice, uh, you know, Kavanaugh and, and Barrett and the, the new justices kind of come in there and they forced this to happen. They kind of made this happen. Or there was just a great attorney from Mississippi and made a sound argument and, and men made this change happen. But, <laughs> but I no I, white, I, white men. That's, that's the thing that they're saying. Well, now, wait a minute. There's, there's ladies on that court. Well, that's what they're saying, though, is white men is controlling women's bodies. Well, right. that, that's well, that's what actually happened in, they, in the 70s when Roe v. Wade, it was a panel of white men. So I, I will take a bite at your little rabbit hole there for a second, but they also claim that our founding documents were written by old white men, and not one of our founding fathers was over 39, so that's not old. Yeah. And And by the way, there were at least three black men that had their hand pinning parts of our constitution. So we don't talk about those things those who don't because know, they're inconvenient. Those who don't know their history are doomed but, to repeat it. Yeah. But on this Roe versus Wade decision with the Supreme Court, God made himself known. And you have to learn to know how to look for God, right? When he moves... Not every time is it going to be a bolt of lightning, which... Oh, like yesterday? <laughs> I'm not sure we can go down that rabbit hole. We might get in trouble by the monitor. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, sometimes it is a bolt of lightning, but sometimes it's a subtle thing. Like, the very moment that Roe versus Wade was, was brought to the world as announced complete happened at 10, 10 a.m., and if you are a Bible student and you understand the word, it's easy for you to find a reference to 1010. All you have to do is go to John 1010. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So at 1010 a.m., God gave life a chance. Right. He gave life back. Abundant life. And when we say abundant life, how many children were aborted in 50 years? Well, through chemical abortion and through physical abortion, about 120 million yeah. babies. I would say that's abundance of life. Yeah. So if we get to reverse, if we get to reverse that act because of something that God did, then can you imagine... We're talking about nearly half of the population of our country in the last 50 years has been killed through abortion. You know, if you look at... That's America, a huge abundance. If you look at America's population numbers over the last 40 <coughs> years, it's basically stayed the same, right around an average of 330 million. Yep. And if we hadn't aborted all those babies, we would be probably... 400. 
Well, four twenty-five. We, you could you could arguably say more than that because of multiplication. True, you know, but the, they, the simple they would math says up. about four hundred thousand. Right. So we would we would we would have a significant more population. We wouldn't have as much of a job shortage. You know, we. Well, but and think things of like the things that. that we've missed out on, right? Think of the artists that we've lost. Think right. of the the innovative technology minds that have, have been lost to this. Think about all the things that the world will never get to experience because of somebody that was their life was taken right. before they had a chance to grow up. I mean, that's incredible. And and those are the things I think that get overlooked in this conversation. Yeah. You know, the, the very next Mozart very well could have been aborted. Or Elon Musk, you know, somebody that is changing the face of the world, the way we think about energy, the way that we think about, you know, technology. Whether for good or bad. I'm I'm not judging. I'm just saying that this is a guy that is changing the face of right. the world. He's uh, somebody that is going to have an impact. Yes. And it's going to go well beyond his lifetime. He will be remembered. He's like Benjamin Franklin. He'll be remembered for centuries after he's gone. He will. That person, one of those people, very well could have been lost in this fight. And this has been a fight. It's been a war for 50 years. There have been people on both sides that have fought for this topic. This has been America sacrificing their children to the God of Moloch. Right. That's an abomination, according to the Bible. Yeah, and and we as a church can't be silent about this anymore. And we've spent so much years, has we've spent too many years standing on the sidelines, not being politically correct, not wanting to be called out, not wanting to be accused of being haters. It's time for us to stand up for biblical truth. It's time for us as a church body to make our voices heard and to to be on the side that God is on. You know, one of we the, can't sit on the fence. One of the um, most eerie things that I I would say about the I don't I don't know how the 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 face of the American church, right? Uh, however you want to describe it, the 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 I don't want to call them celebrities, but the the church leaders in America that everybody knows their name, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So many of them have been silent pre like pre Roe v Wade being overturned since Roe v Wade being overturned, including the most predominant female preachers in our nation have said nothing about this topic, and that to me that's criminal is is not right and yeah, in, in me to me it's biblically criminal. they have a responsibility to fight for what Jesus would fight for. Right. And and Christ told us how important the children are. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole millstone thing, it points out to how important it is to him that the children are not harmed and damaged. So the churches should have been in the forefront. They should have been loud. I think there was a great fear of, from, of the federal government and opinions of people and people leaving the church. None of that should have been taken in consideration. It should have been a vocal fight all along. Right. Um, so it's time for the church to stand up and be the church, be the light, be the candle, you know, to be the city on the hill that that speaks the truth and speaks what God wants us to say. You look at Israel's history, 
um, there were so many times that because you know when Israel started their their system of kings, you know there were so many times where they decided that they were going to follow after the the Baals and and the the Asherim and the the gods or the mighty ones that the people that that they drove out were actually worshipped and they forsook God for those gods. Um, but every so often, there would be a king who would actually, in some part, turn back to God and tear down some of those things and put God first. And none of these kings were perfect, but some of them, some of them did better than others. But every time that happened, when they stood for what was right, obeyed God's law, tried to lead the nation back, God protected them, blessed them, gave them abundance. Mm-hmm. When they faced enemies who would certainly destroy them, God fought for them. Yep. Um, and it was in the face of what the popular belief might have been yep. when God said, this is who I am, this is my representative, I am in covenant with them, just like he is in covenant with his new bride, the church. Yep. He is going to do what is best for his people when they when they follow him, they call out to him, yes. and they say, I'm going to stand for what you believe in, despite how bad it looks or how bad it, it looks like it might be, Right. and then just trust that God's got us. And in, in many ways, there have been, you know, states in, in the country that are have been recently blessed with with men who call on God's name. We're very blessed in Florida. Our our governor, you know, he publicly talked about putting on the full armor of God. Right. I mean, you're going to be blessed as a state when the leader of your state is calling on the name of God and and trying to follow God's will. And I and I, and not that I believe that President Trump was a great Christian. Because, he, like all men, he has faults. But right. he did acknowledge God publicly. Several and, times. And he did, he did value evangelical pastors and the, the call from Christ. And he publicly recognized that. And he, he was at least not working against God openly. And you can see, like, there was a great blessing on the nation when he was absolutely the figurehead. So, you know, that, that comes from, we have to be careful from narratives because, like we earlier said, we have an opponent that would like to paint this as old white men took away the rights of women when really the two strongest voices on the Supreme Court Female. for this were, <laughs> were Amy Coney Barrett, a yep. woman, and Clarence Thomas, a black man. Yep. Those were the two strongest voices for this. And Clarence Thomas wrote the 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 yep. uh, the uh, opinion. Clarence Thomas is brilliant. And so the the narrative that old white men stole something from women is completely false. Well, this narrative we can't, we can't be owned by that opinion anymore. Yeah. No, this narrative is um it, it's it's a misperception intentionally because so many people are uninformed. Right. So many people just believe whatever they're told 
and don't actually like pay attention to what's going on. And so they all they do is hear it and they're like, oh, well, that's the truth mm-hmm. versus actually, you know, trying to learn something because they were never taught to, you know, go beyond what you hear. Right. Well, so we've talked about, you know, the origins of Roe versus Wade. Uh, we've talked about, you know, the hardships, I guess, uh, uh, somewhat. I didn't go into gruesome detail because I won't of abortion. Um, we've talked about the social construct around it. We talked about the radical claims and the violence on both both sides of the issue. Um, we talked about how we got where we're at today and, and who's who the architects of the decision was. And we talk about how it's a, it's a good thing for the kingdom of God and that uh, it will strengthen, I believe it strengthens the nation through the constitution. Yes. I believe that it does. It makes us a stronger nation now. Because we're constitutionally accurate again. Right. So that all being said, what do we do now? Where do we go from here? Because now there isn't, the fight's not over. So I know that there's some things that we as believers need to be thinking about, preparing for, and doing. Um, and Sean, I'm hoping that you got some word for us on JD, this. JD, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> you said it. Uh, you said it brilliantly too. Um, our work begins, right? Mm-hmm. I was just looking at an article on the ACLJ website, and it's by Mike Pompeo, and he says, "With Roe overturned, now our work begins." That's the headline. So that's entirely true. And so what I'd like to do right now is give five very clear, very specific action steps that we can take. As believers, um, not just here in Florida, but all, you know, all around the the nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to start with number one. We're going to start with prayer because, as as you know, JD, as we've seen in the past few years, when we pray, it's like heaven responds. Mm-hmm. We we are heard, and it seems as though the Lord just lays burdens on our heart just so we can lift them up to Him, just so He can move on those things and show off His power, His glory, His love. His goodness. So we we absolutely have to start with prayer and intercession. And we got to remember that uh, God tells us that the incense on the altar in heaven is filled with the saints' prayers. Yeah, I can't remember what uh, what you know old saint said this, but he said that God does nothing without prayer. So uh, the, uh, he does nothing outside of prayer because he's given us the privilege of being able to interact with him and what he does, and if we don't pray for it, he won't do it. Look how many times Jesus went to prayer. That's all you got to do. That's right. So prayer really needs to be the foundation of any action plan that anybody would have in terms of wanting to see this pro-life movement continue to spread state by state around our country. Um, Number two, we need to learn. You both have referenced several times in this podcast the amount of misinformation that's being fed through the media from the left, and uh, it's not actually that hard to find the truth. You can do be your own fact checker. Mm-hmm. And there are a number of research, uh, research websites that you can go to to do that very thing. I would encourage everybody to download as quick as you can the Daily Wire website. That's just headlines for the day. But it keeps us informed as things developed in the political um, and, and cultural landscape. You know, um, not, not, to, not to necessarily give them a shout out. They're not a sponsor. Um, but... Uh, the Daily Wire is just actually opened up like more of what they do. Um, they're creating content uh, movies. They're creating uh, children's content. They're they're trying to become an alternate media platform that is safe 
um, for conservatives and and the people who hold Judeo-Christian beliefs. And uh, for those of you who know him and like him, they just signed a multi-year deal with Jordan Peterson. So they've got a great lineup of people. I think they owe you about 50 cents for that plug. <laughs> and they've got Candace. <laughs> Uh, Candace Owens. Uh, they've got Michael Knowles. Yeah. You know, they, they've the got a... This is quickly turning into a Daily Wire commercial. <laughs> All right, let me move forward then. So there's I'll also a sponsorship. an app by CBN, the Christian Broadcast Network, and I turn to that almost every day to keep abreast right, of right. news headlines as they yep. develop. It is the Christian perspective. You don't get all the spin. And I find that they're not, they're not just heavy conservative. They're relatively objective. The, for the most part, yeah. And we have both of those um, linked on our website uh, for resources. Great. Yep. Uh, a third site that I would send listeners to is liveaction.org. Liveaction.org exists to shift public opinion on the killing of preborn children, defending the rights of those most vulnerable among us. I'm reading this right off the website. Through compelling educational media, human interest storytelling, and investigative reporting, LiveAction.org reveals the humanity of the preborn and exposes the abortion industry exploiting women for profit. That's their mission. So there's all kinds of resources on there. So my encouragement number two is to learn. You need to do your research. You need to get informed. You don't just let yourself float in the sea of, of the morass of, of, what do you call it, um, cultural relativism. Mm-hmm. You need to get informed, and you actually can become an expert on this topic to the point where you can be an ambassador. So my third point would be to share what you have learned because there are other people that don't have the time or perhaps the motivation to be as intentional as you, our listeners, are about to become. Uh, But you can share what you have learned via relationships, your friends, your family, your neighbors, your church community, also through social media. For example, um, on on the uh, live action, they've got six million pro-life um, followers. So there's a lot of other people out there like us. So you're not right. alone the way the media would like to right. make you feel. So you can share on social media. So again, pray, learn, share. Number four, you can give. They're the um, the uh, legal company, legal organization that, right. that represented this, uh, Dobbs at the Supreme Court is the American Center for Law and Justice. And I'd like to read you there. Their mission statement, the American Center for Law and Justice exists to protect religious and constitutional freedoms. They engage legal, legislative, and cultural issues of implementing an effective strategy of advocacy, education, and litigation. These things don't just happen, right? Right. Somebody has to be very intentional and it takes funds. To take things right yes. to the Supreme Court, but they were partially responsible for this great win. And so when it comes to giving, they should be on our list of giving all. Yes, I agree. No, I was just saying there there are also organizations in every state that provide alternatives to abortion for women and, right. and adoption services. And, and we have a really good one here in Florida that I, you know, we donate money to, my family does. And I think, Sean, you've been associated with them. CareNet. CareNet, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they, they every year they do a campaign to raise money, and they actually show you the, the women and children that have impact, been impacted by those donations. So you get to actually see that what you're giving money to actually is helping an individual. 
And and sometimes that's lost on on charities, right? You don't see the faces of the people that are impacted. Right. One of the two um, great events that they host each year is the baby bottle campaign, right? Because even if yeah. you don't have a lot of money to make a big contribution, you can still throw your change into a baby bottle for a, a few weeks mm-hmm. and then turn that in. And it turns into thousands of dollars worth of resources to pregnant moms who need help. Right. Yeah. They also have a walk for life once or twice a year. So even if you can't give today, you can still sign up to be a part of the walk and maybe even raise some money through friends and family, right. a, a, a dime or a quarter per mile or whatever, sure. however that works. So there's lots of ways to serve. And in fact, J.D., you're right. There are 2,700 pregnancy care centers around the nation. So if you can't give, you can possibly serve. You could serve as a volunteer at those local pregnancy centers. Um, also, a lot of people know pregnant, single moms, right? right? And so there may be somebody you can help right in your backyard. In your neighborhood. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the greatest criticisms, I feel, of the left against the pro-life believers is that we're pro-life, but we're not pro-mother. And that's entirely not true. We are 100% pro-mom. Right. And so we need to um, serve those moms in our churches, in our own communities that need our help to walk through difficult circumstances. Unfortunately, sometimes we get stuck into the idea that we go pray for that young girl that lives on our street that we know that is a single mom. But really what we could do is we can pray for her, but we maybe we can bring her a, a box of diapers yep. or some formula or, right. you know, maybe babysit so she can have a night off. There are things that we can do, and Christ doesn't want us just to sit around and praying for everything and doing nothing. So... Sean, thank you so much mm-hmm. for these action steps, and and uh, we appreciate that. And there's uh, so much that we can do, and and uh, I I know that uh, we're in a time in our nation where it's time for us to stop sitting on the sidelines and actually move and do something. There's just one more resource sure. I want to point out. Um, al- alongside the ACLJ is the Thomas More Society. Mm-hmm. More is spelled M-O-R-E. The Thomas More Society is a non-for-profit national public interest law firm dedicated to restoring respect in law for life, family, and religious liberty. They were also a part of this great win. Good. And so they were, they, they want our um, support and our gifts. Yeah, and all these are great resources for, for mothers and for, for children that are going to survive abortion now. So um, thanks for that list. Thank you for your research. And I, I just encourage everyone to go, please educate yourself. Like like anything else in this world, don't take our opinion for things. I want an audience that is educated. I want an audience that thinks for itself. I don't want a bunch of people that listen to me and think that I have all the answers or, or anybody on the show does. I mean, we give you our perspectives and our education, and we do research, and we do study on these things, and we pray on it, and we wait for God to tell us what he has for us to say, but you have to do the same. We have to be united in that idea that we just have to be educated. This world is so easy. It's so desperate to trick people. It's so so desperate to lead people astray, and I, I just can't emphasize the need for education any, anymore. I, I have started using the idea the term informed more than educated because you can be educated and not be informed. This is um, true. 
So uh, that that's just something that I'm starting to develop a practice of because sure. you have people that go to universities and still have no idea what's actually going on. That's very true. Well, I think that's what we have for today. I hope that this has made an impact on, on your life or, or helped uh, you to understand the situation better or maybe maybe it sparked a need for you to get involved. And if that's all that came out of this, then I would say job well done to the team and, and we succeeded because we're in the midst of a great battle. And um, the good guys won a battle recently. It's just a battle, though. But it's just a battle. This is a long war, and it's the war for all of mankind's... <laughs> it's in a, It's a war for the soul of humanity. And uh, you don't have to look very much farther than one of the websites that Sean pointed out, ACLJ, and they will show you that California, the Senate just, the Senate committee just voted nine to two to pass infanticide. Ask yourself what that means. Abortion was not enough. They want the legal right to kill a child after birth. After birth. That's murder on any other scale. That, so, that just exposes what their actual agenda is. It's not about women's rights. It's about death. killing babies. So please, please get involved if you can. Um, please do your research, become informed, share what you are informed about with your neighbors, your friends, your churches, no longer is it. We can no longer be silent. So please speak up. Please become a voice with us. Become part of the voice calling in the wilderness so the world can hear us, so we can spread the light of God to the world and to this nation, and that we can, we can win battle after battle in this war because this is only one battle of many to go. So this has been a Veritaster Surgeon's broadcast, and today we've been talking about abortion and Roe versus Wade and what we can do in the next steps and what's going what's gonna to happen in our states. So if you would, please take a moment, subscribe to this podcast, and don't forget to visit our website at vrbroadcast.org, where you can find more teaching and ask questions of the show and our guests. Also find us on Facebook at A Voice Calling in the Wilderness. Also on our website, you're going to find links to a lot of the resources that Sean pointed out today. So Take the time, look at that stuff, and just become informed. And do us a favor, recommend this podcast to your friends and family. Again, thank you for listening. Have a blessed day. Mm-hmm.